Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. We're here with one of our new guest hosts, uh, Lucky. How are you doing today, Lucky? I'm doing fine. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. So it's fun to have Lukey here and then Lucky on the other side. <laughs> and uh, Lucky, if you don't mind sharing a little bit about what are you up to these days? So so what's keeping you busy these days? Honestly, what's keeping me busy? Definitely my nine to five, my work, definitely. But outside of that, I have several other things like uh, the nonprofit organization I volunteer with. And aside from that, my my fantastic hobby, which is photography, <laughs> that's definitely keeping me busy. And I'm so glad that how much I've grown how much i've learned so much and how things the direction of things nowadays thank you so sounds, much yeah sounds good so uh nine to five you're a developer at one of the one of the banks and uh we'd love to kind of go back in time and rewind a little bit about uh what were you like as a kid so what are some of the early fond childhood memories that you had growing up yeah so our childhood memories i mean recently i've not thought about that in a very long time and you know we grow so old and we get busy and we forget how we actually got to where we are right now you understand but things i remember as a child i've always been someone who is who is enthusiastic about technology because i grew up in nigeria i grew up in a rural side of nigeria not the flashy one you see on the tv you understand i grew up <laughs> right. at uh in Ogun state Songwater, and in my community, in my area, it is mostly, it is not a well-educated environment, you understand? Like mm. most of the people there, though they are students, though they are school ball, it's now fairly educated, you understand? So I was one of the little ones, I was one of the youngest ones who actually got, uh, who actually got lucky with the technology side of things. You understand? Mm. I've always been enthusiastic about computers. There are cyber cafes where we live. So I try to just sneak my way into the cyber cafe, the computers <laughs> there. I just try to operate it. And I mean, over time, I got to afford, I got to be, I got to buy their tickets. I mean, their application as a, okay. for a student, uh, to enroll into their student program where I properly learned how to use my Microsoft Word, my Excel, my PowerPoint, all those basics, the foundational knowledge of computers. But, uh, but outside of that, as a kid, I've always, I've always loved technology. I love to help people a lot, you understand? And like I said, I grew up in an area where people are not exactly technology savvy. Right. So, you know, I was that kid on the block where anybody in the stream wanting to send an email or wanting to like communicate with somebody or like wanting to do things like that, type a letter or anything, they'll be like, go meet that boy. <laughs> he's going to be, he's going to help you with stuff. You understand? And since then, that particular character is what is currently even still like staying me in the habit of helping people, in the habit of sharing resources, in the habit of like eagerly wanting to like assist everybody around me in my community. That's awesome. So it sounds like that you are like the, the tech support guy of the neighborhood where anything tech, hey, 
go find Lucky. He'll, he'll help <laughs> you out with troubleshooting this and that or whatever. Can't, can't print, can't uh, <laughs> zoom or this and that. with Definitely, that definitely, uh, definitely. I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about maybe one of your like, first cyber cafe experiences, like getting into there, seeing the computer for the first time or, or getting into the application, playing around with it. Mm -hmm. uh, can you uh, kind of share one of those? Sure, times? sure, sure, sure. So uh, that period, I think at the age of uh, 10, 12 there about i'm not sure exactly at that time that was my first time actually stepping into the cyber cafe and like i mentioned i've always like seen people go into the place i've always like seen people yeah. do stuff on the computer and i've always wanted to also be able to do that because i mean definitely it is like uh it's as like uh it has a status to it understand like you know being savvy and like being on the computer and doing stuff like that and, you know people coming to you and be like oh we need to do this so like i've always admired that understand and then i remember during after i mean during one of the holidays, I convinced my mom that I want to get uh, the application for that. And I can remember entering and rolling into the program. And I was one of the youngest one and one of the best to actually quickly grasp the knowledge of things. Understand? Mm -hmm. I came there, I learned the basic uh, Microsoft languages. I learned a little about graphics designing, like using CorelDRAW at the time, uh, using, I've forgotten the old applications then. So using all those to learn to do things, you understand? And over time as well, I made sure to also learn how to properly type because Initially, I started with typing, looking into my uh, into my keyboard, and eventually, yeah, I got to fingers. watch movies. I got to see people actually typing without without uh, looking at their keyboard, and that was that was that became like a goal for me to eat. And I made sure before I left the Cyber Cafe program, I was one of the few people who could successfully type without looking at their keyboard. And I mean that that was okay. a that was a, a a separate status level for me. Understand because. I became faster. I became like one of the local champions in terms of like doing anything tech savvy. And yeah, it was definitely, it was an interesting experience. Sounds good. So it sounded like at an early age, around 10, you already had that uh, kind of inclination to go towards tech, uh, obviously learning how to type, type without looking, <laughs> that, that sort of thing was a big accomplishment. And wondering if you could share, like, what was the journey like in, in school, right? So were you like a good student? Was it easy to get into tech programs from uh, kind of like elementary school, high school, that sort of thing? Or what, what was that uh, process and decision like? Yeah, yeah, I, I would say for me, I mean, school, I've always been lucky to have family around. I mean, my older cousin and everybody, they have always been there to motivate me. And from a very young age, they've put me on the right track. So <laughs> so I didn't really have problems in school. I was one of the best students all through my college. I mean, all through my high school time. I was even the uh, ed boy. In Nigeria, we have something called ed boy or ed prefect, meaning... You know, like if there's an hierarchy, you are like at the top after the school management, like representing the student and things like that. Right. Understand? So I've always been on that path. And again, where technology came in, as I said, my environment wasn't exactly technology savvy. And I was one of the few who truly understood 
uh, virtually understood technology at the time. So I was literally in charge of the school's cyber, like the school's computer lab. Like, you know, teachers come to me and be like, oh, we need to print some exam. <laughs> we need to print some exam things. We need to print some test materials. We need to uh, quickly type this. We need to send this across. And I was the one in charge of that as a young student, helping even the school management themselves at the time, like troubleshooting and also assisting in different uh, technological problems they had at the time. So, yeah, it's, it's been fun all through, you understand? But then in terms of academics, I was always one of the best. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, it, was, it, was, it was nice. Yeah. Sounds good. And so it sounds like you, you maintained that reputation throughout school. So you were the, the, the neighborhood tech guy in school. Same sort of thing. Whenever folks had uh, any technical issues, they, they'd come to you. Um, were there any other considerations along the way? Like, I mean, typical parents might want you to become like a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. Were they ever kind of uh, encouraging you to go down those paths? Or they realized, you know what, he's a tech guy. He's just going to c- continue down that path. Uh, on, honestly, I, I I was lucky not to have a uh, like parental. I was lucky not to have a family who are keen on, you need to become a doctor. I mean, definitely my mom <laughs> into it once in a while saying she wants, she wants one of her child to be a doctor and she wants one of her child to be a lawyer. I, I just yeah. look at that. I know I'm, you're not, you're not talking to me definitely because <laughs> I'm already inclined <laughs> to technology and I can leave that for saying like going back to school and studying medicine or anything like that. But then, I mean, from a very, from a very young age, I've identified that anything I want to choose my career into. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be a developer, which I am right now, but regardless of the career paths, it definitely has to tie to tech. You understand that? Most especially, if not even tech itself, just my spirit of teaching others and like helping others learn new skills, helping others improve themselves, definitely has to be in my career path. So yeah. (laughs) Sounds good. And around you, were there a lot of other tech folks? So it was kind of easy to bring that forward? Or were you always kind of like the, the one and only tech guy that everybody came to? In there? So, so what, what was that influence like? Yeah, so in terms of, I mean, outside the cyber, cyber cafe space... Sure. It has always been me, definitely, for most of the time. Like, I've always been like the one they come to. You understand? Like, not much person around me to help or like to like balance things with. You understand? But then, right. whenever I'm in the cyber cafe environment, definitely everybody's an expert at what they do. Even though some might be specializing, they are the best in like anything setting up. Uh, a setting up a full computer from start to finish like oh they are they are specialized in just graphics design like they will design the best banner the best flyer for you like you understand but then for me i try to also like steal from that in every i steal everybody's specialty in order to make an art to mine you understand but then uh i've for most of the space i growing up i was usually one of the few like Okay. One of the few person who properly understood it, and I think that was also what that was also what aided my enthusiasm and my energy, because at a very young age I've learned to work with people, older people, younger people, helping them work through their problem and solving it for them, and yeah, that's definitely contributed to my to my growth. Yeah, cool. And just to, to clarify a little bit, because when I, I talk about, like, well, when I hear cyber cafe, so something in, in like Canada, those mm-hmm. would be more like 
gaming cafes like you'd go there to play like league of legends or something with, with your <laughs> friends and stuff that was that the same there or was it really more like like a learning academy folks kind of taught and and uh, kind of nerded out on the on the tech stuff or was it really just a it's a place where you can play and people on the side yeah. often <laughs> too. yeah so so cyber cafe in in nigeria like i'm i'm talking about the early like the 2000 and six two thousand and eight time where technology sure. is not as accessible as it is right now. Understand? So it's one of the few places where you see computer around or it's one of the few places where you see internet around. Understand? So just think of it as a business business center. Understand? Mm-hmm. So people come like if they need to print out a letter they need to send to someone or if they need to submit something or as a school if it's towards their exam period and they need to like sure. uh print out their thing like that. So everything in that aspect of computer in that sense is what the cyber cafe does you understand and people coming in saying oh we would like to design a flyer to advertise our business so we design the flyer we print it out we you understand things like that so those are the various things that was happening there here yeah, so there's less gaming involved, and you're not like given like yeah, and, tea and, like snacks nah, to like spend whole, it's not as fancy. Until three in the morning, it's a different sort of cyber. Yeah, yeah, so, sounds good. So, so that was you kind of growing up in Nigeria. You were again that that tech guy, kind of like the lone wolf in your circles. But obviously, you you found a home in the in the cyber cafe environment where other folks were in there. But yeah, what was yeah. the journey like to get to to Canada and and kind of uh, start up uh, over here? Yeah, you know, even in Nigeria, that was like a part one side of my life in Nigeria. There was also a part two side of it. That was where, like, part two is like my teenagers entering into, like, world transitioned me into Canada. So after I left, uh, after I left, after I left uh, Songwater, Ogun State, I moved to uh, Moe Bafo. Uh, which is redemption camp so there i mean again i was the youngest on my team i worked with uh, a company called it's not a company it's a religious organization called uh okay. uh marathon Mizaspris. so i joined them i think when i was about uh 17 they're about 16 17 they're about and i was okay. the youngest on the team definitely and i helped them with uh different things so you see now that i'm carrying my camera and everything I learned it from there, <laughs> understand? Because yeah. I was on the team doing uh, motion dis- motion graphics design, animations, uh, video okay. editing, cinematography, and photography. Understand? So I was just on the team as the youngest person, trying to learn from everybody again. You understand? Like trying to like steal from everybody's skills and to add it and jar it up. You understand? So I had opportunity of creating projects that was used through the company was reaching an audience of several millions of people. Understand? Because what we essentially do is, uh, it is a religious organization. So we host praise concerts yearly. So Marathon Praise, the name of the company is Marathon Mizaz Praise. So we host okay. concerts yearly. So uh, for this year, we are like, I mean, for this present year, they had about 82 hours of praise nonstop. So as I, when I was there, okay. it was about like 75 hours. The next day, it was like 76 hours of nonstop praise and 
so and so on and each of those events like they're old in several parts of the world like about 50 countries 30 countries 20 countries you understand so imagine me being a young guy on the group like just working on the motion design or like the lower thirds for the event and they are using it across in the uk they're using it across in the us they're using it across in different side of the world you understand so right. that also gave me a different perspective to how, to how much your work like to how much the little things you could do in the private of your room can reach several thousands of people you understand so yeah mm-hmm. it was an amazing experience as well. <laughs> that's awesome so what i took from that is uh i mean there's the quote uh, you want to be the dumbest one in the room because if you're in this the smartest one you're in the wrong room because being the dumbest one you have so many people that you can learn from and uh, it seems like that you took that like a sponge and just kind of learned and grew and and saw the opportunity in front of you Definitely. and i'm wondering if you could share a little bit about how you translated that opportunity into kind of that move to, to canada so you talked about part one part two <laughs> i guess is this part three or is there another part in between? yeah i mean those are the two major parts but then my my transition into canada so prior to that, I had family members already in Canada. So we had, uh, we began the process already in like 2016, about 2016. But uh, due to some reason, like due to some stuff, I think I wasn't exactly sure. But eventually, I got to move to Canada uh, May 2019. Understand? Just to move okay. and to meet to my family already. So yeah. So. I mean, all through that period, after I graduated from uh, high school in 2016, like I tried to apply to university back in Nigeria. It wasn't exactly, it's usually exactly not smooth. A smooth journey applying to university there. I did my jam uh, 2017. I couldn't get into University of Illinois. Uh 2018 as well, into the University of Lagos. So all those periods, uh, while also processing my travel, my uh, move, I mean, my traveling uh, thing, uh, at that time, university wasn't going through. So all I just had to do for myself is I knew eventually something big is coming, even though I, I have no idea what exactly it will be. I knew something big was coming, but then the foresight of also like having hope and knowing that the future is bright. So I didn't let my inability to get into university in 2017, 2018, I didn't let that stop me. Instead, okay. I used those times to properly learn from the people around me to properly grow my skills and to properly make myself more valuable. And I believe such trait I learned then is still something that I'm still using to today. Sounds good. And I'm wondering if you're willing to share a little bit about like how, like dealing with not being able to get in because like the emotions there. So <laughs> you mentioned before that you're uh, pretty smart in, in high school, like head prefect and, and head boy and all that sort of stuff and uh, not being able to get to the school that you wanted like what helped you through that time like what was that time like and what helped you through that time yeah there's that's this is my first time actually fully talking about that's that segment like that part i think for me i i believe my environment definitely helped a lot like i i i mean i was already working with uh marathon and they had a very great culture and they were supportive of truth. It made it was like a family, definitely. And, you know, they are there always to like, oh, it is okay. Don't worry. Pending the time, you understand? Like, this is a different project. You could definitely, I mean, 
I was doing several things, actually, not to worry a lot about it because I know it was, even if I'd not get in, like, there's always another time to apply through. Although it is disappointing where I passed the cutoff mark, I had about 232, I mean, 232 points out of 300, and the cutoff mark at that time was like 180. So I was qualified to study computer science at that time at the University of Illinois. But then, I had no, they, they sent me no response and like, I couldn't, like, there was no appointment to continue with their post, uh, with their post-UTME exam, you understand? So likewise for University of, uh, University of Lagos as well. I did their post-UTME, I passed the jam, I did the post-UTME exam, but still, when the list of names came out, you understand, like, my name wasn't there. You understand? And it was, I, I mean, at that time, most of the people who we graduated together, they were already in their universities, they were already in their colleges. And it was nice celebrating with them to see how far they were investing at the time, you understand? And, but then, like I said, the project I was working on as well was prestigious enough for me where I necessarily didn't have enough time to process how bad it sound or like how bad it is i mean i was creating things that were viewed by that enough is my own flex for that period <laughs> you understand like I, I was on a team with several talented individuals and that enough was like a a, a beacon for me that enough was like something to actually like remind me how much potential i have how much valuable i am and how, how yeah. big my skills can definitely go you understand so yeah i i didn't yeah. necessarily have enough time to process those <laughs> those emotions <laughs> like that but yeah <laughs> sounds good it sounds like you're almost like too busy to worry or like, like you didn't get into this thing it's like eh, that's okay my, my video is being watched by thousands Ex- millions of people yeah. around the world that sort of thing so uh you mentioned that it was just like your flex so definitely 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 yeah, and I love if you continue on. So, so obviously you, you're now in Canada. So, yeah. so, what was that journey like? Were you always uh, planning to go there, and you were just kind of figuring, it, or was it like uh, just on, on a whim you decided to go, or what was that process? Because like? obviously the paperwork took a while. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. So, like I said, like my family were over here already, so and I started the process in 2019. So, me living on uh, me living May 2019 was exactly a surprise to me. I mean, something I've always, I mean, I've been, it was a surprise at 2016, but at 2019, not exactly a surprise at that time. I was already envisioning to be, but then like anything you don't, you don't necessarily know what the future holds. You don't know what tomorrow is. You have no idea where things are going to go from. And I remember coming into Canada in May, 2019, definitely I was I was enthusiastic about the future. I've in the past I've contributed to projects which is big enough and I was definitely open to create such successful buzz again. You understand? Like in a yeah. different space, in a different uh in a different country. You understand? So I think that's also one of the things that has helped my mindset over the time. You understand? And that's definitely yeah. one of the things that have kept my confidence ultra. You understand? So came in 2019, I went to Seneca College, uh, September 2019 still. So I did uh, a, a pre-degree kind of program. Uh, it's called uh, Year to Post-Secondary. So the program was to prepare me in order to apply to college in year. 
understand? So I did the program. It was supposed to take a year. And successfully, I finished it within the first six months because, I mean, I was entering into the program not at the base level. It was like literally in the middle and working towards the end. And during the program, again, my skill of teaching people, my skill of helping people understand things. I I I, I try to do so every chance I got. Understand that 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 definitely opened doors for me, even at Seneca, where the program manager for uh, the Y2P program called me to our office and she was like, "We see how you help people. We see how much you contribute to the success of your." classmates like would you like us to offer you a job as Seneca as a peer mentor as a peer tutor for your colleagues and I was like damn <laughs> like that, that 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 was definitely that was definitely a great thing for me because I it's my default mode to all people but now imagine okay. now getting paid by the college you attend in order to be a tutor to your to your peers you understand like yeah it was it was definitely something that is still i'm still very like damn you did that really understand so like for over a year i was helping i was helping my my I helped my classmates when they graduated from the program, the new set of students into the program I was also their peer tutor. Understand? So, so usually then whenever I come into class, uh, whenever I come into the campus, then it was since 2019, like toward before the pandemic, then, you know, I'll be in okay. class writing on the board, like, like a proper professor, like, oh, this is how you solve this. This is how you do this. If you have any questions, reach out to me. Understand? And yeah. I, I've always loved to help people and it was also it was very nice for me to actually be able to do that while getting paid at Seneca. So yeah, it was nice. Sure. <laughs> Reminds me of the quote, uh, the more you give, the more you receive, where mm-hmm. uh, I obviously started with giving, mentoring, <laughs> teaching others, and then people acknowledged that and said, you know what, here's your time to receive. Mm-hmm. So, so getting paid as a mentor uh, was there. Then obviously you ended up at... Uh, Humber instead of Seneca. So, so what was that transition like? Yeah. So, so uh, that that period. Uh, initially, I wanted to go to Seneca. <laughs> like I, you know, I did. I already did a program, a white fee program at Seneca. But then, uh, at that 2020, when I was to apply to college, September 2020, that was when I was supposed to resume college. We moved from Bram. I mean, from I used to live in Toronto. We moved from Toronto to Brampton. Understand? So <laughs> this is a funny, the funny reason to actually. So we moved from Toronto to Brampton, and it was not a choice. So, which college do you want to attend now that you moved? Now that you're no longer in Toronto, the campus that offers computer programming at Seneca is in Newnham. Is it's in Newnham campus, which is close to Markham area. And that's usually even while in Toronto is about an hour, an hour of public transit. So now that I'm in Brampton, that's almost like two hours <laughs> to get to the college. And Umber College was about one hour still, but one hour is definitely better than two hours. Understand? So me choosing my college at that point was honestly based on the distance and based on how efficient would you be if you had to attend this college and if you had to attend the other? I also had the option of attending George Brown College, but it was not it was it's it wasn't necessarily really in my mind to attend George Brown. Like but yeah, but then prior to that as well, I mean it, 
during this course of research, I mean, during this course of choosing, I did great research on Umbar College and uh, it was amazing for me to see the different uh, alumni. I mean, is it alumni? Yeah, different alumni from Umber College were actually doing great things in Canada, and you understand, like, and envisioning, oh, one day I could actually be one of these people. Like, I could actually also do impacts in the world, regardless of the college I attend. And, you know, Umber has always been there to support. And even through the, through the pandemic, like, all my classes was, most of my classes were online, and it wasn't, it didn't really feel to me like it was online because all the professors were there to like understand, like to properly engage with you. Although we are in a far distance, they made sure to make it feel like we are together one-on-one in class and stuff like that. But yeah, <laughs> it's just nice. That's interesting. That that the decision was made uh, mostly on proximity, Honestly. yet you were <laughs> online. <laughs> so, so the proximity technically didn't matter. I but, know. Uh, I mean, both are good schools. They both have great great alumni. So, uh, I guess whatever the decision, you were able to make the most out of it. And I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about uh, your graduation. So, you, you're uh, it's towards the end of the risk. Well, I don't know the end of the the, the COVID lockdowns yeah. and things like that. How was the the process in, in terms of landing a, a job? Yeah, so uh, my process of landing a job actually, it's 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 God's grace, God's favor, definitely. <laughs> so so usually whenever. If you just briefly ask me, how do you land a job? Or like, what was your job search? Like, I, w- I would probably tell you that I landed my present job three months before I graduated my college. Like, I was literally my second week of my last semester when I sent my offer letter. You understand? Mm-hmm. But then, you know, hearing that just sounds, oh, okay. You, I made it sound so easy and I made it sound like, yeah. oh, that's okay. <laughs> but then... Prior to that, like you believe that I've been applying to jobs like almost a year before I graduated at all. Like I've been applying to different different positions and I've received a lot of unfortunately a lot of um we found a better candidate than you or a lot of oh you don't match this position and stuff like that. Understand? So one thing I've just always done whenever I receive emails like that is to learn what was faulty from that and to try to adapt understand and to try to improve and that's definitely why i advise everybody like especially as a student like even though you're in your first year of program start applying to jobs start applying apply like in your final year the whole point of it is it's not essentially that for you to get the job it's essentially for you to learn number one the process of things how things are done number two to get first-hand experience you understand and what to expect when the real thing comes you understand right. for me for uh, before the bmo interview I've I've already like done several interviews where I know if I say this particular thing, the interviewer might lose interest. Or if I say this thing, it might not exactly sell me properly. So this is what I'm going to choose. These are the set of words I'm going to use to describe myself. Or this are, right. this is how I'm going to describe my project. Or this is how I'm going to break down how I did it. <laughs> so due to several practice, due to several things, you understand those build up those come up and those were definitely the things i utilized while i was interviewing for my current rabimo understand and those are what prepared me that that is what definitely allowed me to be able to to land my job three months before before graduation yeah 
Yeah, I think that that's great guidance where a lot of folks uh, in, in college and university, they wait till, well, oh, graduation is, is next month. Let me start applying. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> ideally your, your last term, your last year, even first year, I mm -hmm. think is an interesting prospect because as, as you mentioned, uh, going through the process isn't necessarily to land a job. It's to realize that uh, job searching is actually a skill mm -hmm. and you need to practice. You need to have see what is wrong with your resume, your cover letter. What is wrong with your interview answers? And and as you said, if I say this thing, the interviewer will lose interest. If I say this other thing, okay, they're a little bit more interested in what I, I said. So, And it, it becomes a skill where it almost takes a bit of muscle memory because Definitely. the typical student will practice the night before <laughs> and they may or may not be good. But if you've been doing it for the past I don't know, four terms, four mm -hmm. years, whatever it is, mm -hmm. then you'll definitely improve, right? Uh, so a lot of it is developing that consistency to the process. So I think that that's amazing. And obviously, you're up to a bunch of uh, great things with, with some of the, the not-for-profit work, uh, the, the different um, entrepreneurial endeavors that you're doing, and obviously posting on, on, on LinkedIn and sharing some of the insights. And I'm wondering if, if we can wrap up uh, with uh, some of your swike. I know you've shared some already, but are there a couple that you want to elaborate on or maybe further get into? Definitely. What is some of the advice you'd give to young Lucky <laughs> back in the day? Uh, maybe as you got the rejection letter or maybe you're too busy to, to really process it or any other things where you found that, you know what, I wish I knew these uh, sort of things before. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think for me, one of the things I would definitely like to say or like is just to keep on one of the first points is to keep on helping people you understand mm -hmm. and i think i was lucky to have learned that at a very young age i like i mean all my life i grew up in a religious home and it's one of the values they try okay. to exceed like help as many people as you can like just help someone carry something help someone lift something help someone push something help someone assist someone understand and that definitely has evolved to what it is today so if you have any chance to help people it doesn't necessarily have to be in the perfect setting. It could be just you being on the train and you saw someone drop something and you just reaching out to assist people. It could be as little as that. Just keep helping people, keep giving, keep giving, keep volunteering, definitely. There's greater yeah. things to that. But outside of that as well, in terms of job search, in terms of like uh, landing your first job is find ways to increase your confidence because over the years i mean as a developer myself i've seen several better developers who are very skilled way more than i am but then they don't have the exact confidence in order to describe in order to explain to people how good they are understand and if other people don't if they can't trust if they don't know how good you are at a particular thing then there's no reason for them to give you a chance understand but build their communication skills, build their confidence, build build that build that mindset where you know wherever you are you can properly introduce yourself, explain your skill, market yourself, let people know that you are, you are the best out there. You understand? Let them know that let them let them feel your presence wherever you are, you understand? And definitely that that's why I'll continue to advise myself and I pray I still maintain this momentum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sounds good. Uh, so, so what I took from that is is kind of what we shared before, where like the more you give, the more you receive. Mm-hmm. So if you give, 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 then you're bound to receive a whole bunch. Uh, maybe not from the exact people that you gave to, but uh, I mean, the universe has a way of kind of help helping you out. And volunteering is is a great way. Uh, plus, it's a, it's a good way of networking too, mm-hmm. because the the relationships and the people that you connect with during that time can be so helpful to you along the way. And uh, on the job searching part, I, I think it's it's really helpful where you say to increase your confidence, right? Because as you mentioned, some developers or whatever area that you're in, there are folks that are more skilled than you. But if they can't communicate that, then that is really a, cha- a big a challenge to overcome, right? And and part of that confidence is being able to communicate. Uh, so even practicing introducing yourself, I think, would be an interesting exercise. Uh, maybe uh, I don't know on the bus, on the public transit, on the whatever mm-hmm. in, in line at the grocery store, whatever. Just just say hi to someone, smile mm-hmm. at them, and, and see if you can get a smile back. Even for the most shy introvert out there. Uh, you can be a little bit better and that'll help you along the line. So uh, thanks so much, uh, Lucky, for sharing your story. I'm wondering if you could share a little bit about kind of future aspirations, what we can look forward to hearing from you. And if folks want to connect with you, uh, where should they go? Definitely. So uh, in terms of future aspiration, I mean, I'm still a BMO. Uh, This time I don't have any plans exactly per se, but then I hope to grow more. I hope to continue to advance my skills and as a person who has several skills to advance, ranging from mm-hmm. the creative side to the technical side and every other side, I hope to grow in across all the different sides, you understand? I hope to become an icon, you understand? And I hope to definitely help inspire many more people to also grow to become an icon in their particular space yeah so yeah and in terms of reaching me my linkedin is always it's always there so lucky i should be and linkedin and yeah i look forward to meeting everybody thank you Sounds good. And we'll share all that information in the show notes. And again, thanks, Lucky, for joining us and sharing your journey and the conversation. And hopefully we'll have you back for a future episode. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Sounds good. Thanks, Lucky. Thank you, too. Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.